Hey, folks, welcome into the Mid-State 48, driven by Miracle Auto Group. Uh, welcome back to a full complement of windows on your screen. If you're watching us on our YouTube channel or wherever you may get your podcast, everybody's in the house this week. Tom Duggan, welcome back, sir. Hey, it's good to be back, guys. It's better to uh, be here than uh, nursing the sick and uh, being sick myself, but uh, g- good to be back with you guys and ready to talk some football tonight. All right. Glad you're back and glad you're feeling good and uh, all that good stuff. Scott Burton. Hey, Chris, how you doing? Hey, guys, how are you guys? Good. Good All right, Cam Reed. What's up, guys? Ready for week five. Week five, it's already halfway point. Yep, halfway point for the regular season for most teams comes this week as we do hit that week five mark. Um, Several good games on the schedule this week that we will pick in who you got. Scott's got an interview with Gallatin head coach Chad Watson as they get ready for our Spotlight Series game at Hendersonville. And... A little bit more to talk about on this episode of the Mid-State 48, driven by Miracle Auto Group. So let's get into it, guys. We look back at week four for a moment. Scott, you and I were at Ravenwood with that showdown with Oakland. An impressive show for both teams, and a lot of people might have thought that Ravenwood was going to get blown out. They did not. No, I, I tell you what, uh, I think that anybody that attended that game uh, realizes just how good Chris Parson is and how much he means to that Ravenwood team, but uh, more so that their team is, you know, competitive on, on all levels. That was a heavyweight bout that almost went the distance. Um, Parson was great. He, you know, he threw crisp passes on target. It took a while for Oakland to really kind of find a way to get him contained. Um, Carter, uh, I mean, pace was, uh, you know, a, a nice change of pace back. Um, it was really, really a good game. And if that is what, uh, if that's what, you know, the final is going to look like, we're all in for a treat. Guys, yeah, I'm going to, I was going to say, yeah, I was going to say, I, I caught a little bit of that on the radio coming in and, uh, it sounded like Chris Parson, this is a young man. He's going to play Division One SEC football. And what really impressed me, he came to play in a big game. And, and really, I was kind of surprised when I heard the score, but uh, Ravenwood went toe-to-toe with Oakland. I, I think this was a fantastic matchup. And um, kind of, I hate to say a coming-out party for Chris Parson, but I think it shows what the young man can do on a big stage in a big game situation. And I thought he had a phenomenal effort. Yeah, you, you look at the the physical tools Chris Parson possesses. It took multiple rushers getting to the backfield to contain him from Oakland, and it really took three quarters to do that. Um, give me Cade Hewitt, though, the way that young man performed. He throws a better deep ball than most people give him credit for. If you haven't seen our spotlight film on our YouTube channel, please go check that out. We got a very good shot of that deep ball that he hit Quincy Jackson in stride for in the first half. Hewitt just... He was coming to his own as a leader of that offense. And Oakland's in good hands going forward with him, the way he's been able to assert himself in that role. Yeah, you said the word right there, leader. Uh, you know, coming into this season, trying to replace Josiah Jordan James, Isaiah Horton, key pieces on the defense side of the ball. Um, Hewitt has 100% solidified himself as the leader of that Oakland team. And Coach Creasy also found an emerging star last Friday with T.T. Hill, a sophomore, uh, putting up big numbers in big spots and really helped Oakland get to the win last week. Yeah, and Chris, uh, you know, going back to what you said about uh, uh, Kate Hewitt and what impressed me was uh, if you go back and look at that that, uh, film, 
Watch him stand in the pocket and wait until the last minute to release the ball. He took some shots, and he stayed in the pocket until the last moment till his receiver broke clear and then hit him in stride. So, yeah, Chris, I would have to say that we were uh, we were the beneficiaries of a great quarterback matchup last Friday. Yeah, we were trading to a good game on both sides, and, and you look at some of the decisions that Kevin Creasy had to make to – not only get the lead, but keep it. I mean, they had to take some gambles in that game to keep that from being a one-score game late. And like I said, if, if this is a preview of the championship game, sign me up. Uh, Cam, you were over at uh, Station Camp with uh, the Bison knocking off Gallatin 28-20. We've got Gallatin again this week. But uh, that, that game was important for Station Camp for a number of reasons. Tell me what you saw out of that one. Yeah, it's a back-and-forth game. Uh you know, Station Camp scores early to take a 7 nothing lead. Galton answers with a Jaheim Merriweather tiptoe down the sideline. Um, then Galton scores and takes the lead on Station Camp, and then Station Camp scores on the last play of the half on a quarterback sneak uh, to go into half at 14-13. They come out of half, Station Camp scores. Uh, they go for two, um, already being up by seven, trying to make it a two-possession game. They do not get it. It stays 20 to 13. Galton scores. They tied up 20 20. Uh, Galton then gets a stop. Um, and then on the ensuing offensive possession for the Green Wave, uh, they fake a punt around midfield, and Station Camp comes up with a stop. And just a couple plays later, uh, the quarterback there, Luke Dickens, uh, runs in 33 yards for his third touchdown of the night. And what wound up being the difference is the Bison won 28 to 20. You know, Luke Dickens had a big night for Station Camp. Um, what did you see out of him that impressed you? It's really just decisions. You know, they they run a lot of read option. Uh, They're with two backs in the backfield. Um, you know, didn't get to th see him throw as much as, as what you would like to see. Uh, but I don't believe Station Camp's a passing team. So, I mean, I, I can't really um, speak on that. Uh, but I really liked his composure when the game got on the line. And, you know, we mentioned – on the scoreboard show on Saturday, he is deceptively quick. When he gets to the when he gets to the secondary, if he's got a step on you, you ain't catching him. Yeah, Tom, I'm gonna come to you for a minute. Um, a game of interest in this area this week is White County at Mount Juliet. I know White County's not in our coverage here, but want to mention Malachi Dow because of the start that young man has had running the football and what Mount Juliet's going to see this week. What have you seen from him so far? And and just tell me a little bit more about what Mount Julie can expect. <laughs> I tell you what, guys, he's putting up some head-spinning numbers so far for White County this year. Malachi Dow, I, and I tell you what, I think he came into the season with a little bit of a chip on his shoulder. 2,000-yard rusher last year. White County had a good season. They, You know, this has been a program that's been down for a few years. They come out last year, and I think they ended up 5-5 five and five on the season. Missed out on the playoffs. They played a very tough region, of course. And, and I think he had that little extra chip on his shoulder to get over that hump, help his team over the hump. He's such a, such a good young man. He's very humble. But, guys, 476 yards rushing last week against Cookville, 14 yards per carry. He had seven touchdowns in that game last week. That number, 476 ranks fifth best in TSSAA history for single-game rushing performance. What Mount Julia can expect is uh, a young tailback. He's not explosive in terms of speed, but, guys, he's like 5'9", 180, 185. He squats 500 pounds. He can bench press 325 pounds. He's strong. 
His field vision is excellent. Coaches just rave about that and his high football IQ. The uh, offensive line for this White County team also has been excellent uh, throughout the course of the season. And let's not leave out their quarterback, Trip Pinion. He really makes that offense go for White County. But uh, Mount Julian's going to have their hands full with uh, Malachi Dowell. And Station Camp, guys, they got a little taste of that a couple of weeks ago. And uh, White County has showed up, and they want to compete this year in that region. Yeah, it's relevant there simply because White County has already beaten Station Camp in region play, and they're going to have a hand in whoever gets out of that region 5 and 5A. And really, when you get to the playoffs, region 6, I better be putting some eyes on him. Yeah, and one more thing on Dow while we're talking about him. You know, as Tom mentioned, that he's not really, like, explosively fast. But his jump cut, his vision, it's hard to get a hand on him. You know, he's one of those, it's just hard to touch him. And the problem is, is when you touch him, a hand's not bringing him down most of the time. And that's how he, he racks up three or 400 yards a game. And I think he went over 500 yards from scrimmage in that game against Station Camp, rushing and receiving combined. He's well over 1,000 yards rushing and all-purpose yards already through four games of the season. Yeah, saw the numbers uh, that White County, one of their stat guys, put it out today on Twitter. 12-28 so far through four games with 22 touchdowns, I believe is what he said, what was on, on Twitter. That's yeah. a great season for a lot of guys. <laughs> it, is, it really is. It really, really, truly is. And now you start walking, walking for that record watch. If, if he is to challenge the, the state record for rushing yards of the season, who knows? That kind of pace, keep an eye on it. Speaking of ridiculous numbers, Blackman had a ridiculous night, Scott. Um, over 700 yards of offense against Summit. Yeah, that was uh, quite amazing. A thousand yards uh, of offense in that game. Um, yeah, it it was incredible, I, and it was the buzz of the sideline there. For as much as uh, you know, we were enjoying uh, the the Oakland Ravenwood uh, spectacular show. Uh, when that came across the wires, everybody started buzzing. <laughs> yeah, and if you weren't buzzing off of that, you were buzzing off of. Uh, the shine of the stars over in Lebanon. <laughs> yep. Siegel okay. upsets Lebanon in overtime, 31-28, um, knocking Lebanon from the ranks of the unbeaten and putting Siegel right on the cusp of the top 10 in the, in the AP rankings, which we'll look at in the next segment. Um, yeah, plenty to look at from from week number four. It was an interesting week and some standout performances also. Our Miracle Ford and Miracle Auto Group Player of the Week finalists are in order, Cam Athey from Northeast, who had 310 yards rushing and four touchdowns on 10 carries as the Eagles won 34-20 to at Rossview. Gabe Borders from Macon County had 15 carries, 167 yards, and three touchdowns rushing, caught three passes for 66 yards and a touchdown, threw a touchdown pass, also had a, two tackles for a loss and a sack on defense, as well as a forced fumble and a blocked punt. Macon County 142-0 at Trousdale County. Smyrna's Arian Carter, 12 carries, 123 yards, five touchdowns, had a sack and a forced fumble on defense. They beat Laverne 38-6. Ty Clark, again, from FRA, he's been on every week this season, 12 carries, 150 yards, four touchdowns, also caught a touchdown pass. The FRA won 46-21 at Columbia Academy. Clarksville's Davin Geringer, 11 of 17 passing, 220 yards and four touchdowns, also added four carries for 49 yards and a score as Clarksville beat Dixon County 46-20. to 
Page is calling her 28 of 45, 376 yards through the air, four TDs. Patriots won 28 to 14 over Coffee County. And Pope Preps Josh Mainlander, we saw him on Thursday night with three interceptions. He returned all three of them for touchdowns, but one of them was called back for a penalty at the end of the first half as the Knights rolled over Independence 45 to 14. An impressive group for sure. So let's get into who we voted for, and we'll start with the fans' vote. And it was Gabe Borders from Macon County getting the fans' vote by quite a wide margin. I'm going with Cam Athey from the Northeast. When you average 31 yards a carry, that's pretty good stuff, and it, it was hard to turn away from for me. Cam, Josh Mainlander for you. Yeah, it, to me it was uh... – he was the difference in that game. I believe that game changed there early in the first quarter. You guys were there to attest to this, but uh, I believe it went from zero to zero to 21 to nothing in a matter of about two minutes and 15 seconds or so. Uh, and he was the reason that that happened with two pick sixes there in the first quarter. Uh, that's why I went with Josh Maylander as the player of the week. On a span of three plays, basically, when he had both intercession returns for TDs in that first quarter for them, for sure. Scott, you've got Colin Hurd. Yeah, 376 yards against Coffee County. That's uh, pretty good. I also took into account the, the tackles that he had uh, on the other side of the ball, and that was, uh, to me, a, a, a player of the week type of performance. Tom, the last pick is yours, and you have gone with Gay Borders. I'm just going to say the fans are never wrong, guys. <laughs> but, no, <laughs> seriously, in looking at all the candidates, uh, a lot of worthy candidates this week, but when you have a game like Borders did, and I know we've talked about Trousdale County, and they're not quite the Trousdale County they've been, but still to go out there and do what all he did with the rushing yards, the throwing the touchdown, the defensive plays, all that, that's a great all-around performance in my eyes. And to me, that's why I thought he should be player of the week. All right, and that is the choice. Making County Skate Borders wins Miracle Auto Group Player of the Week honors for week number four. We will get some hardware out to Lafayette for him very, very soon. And uh, Ty Clark goes another week without winning one of those. But if he gets on the list this week, they play Lipscomb Academy. Be hard to ignore. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Yeah. All right. Before we hit to our first break, uh, a quick correction off our scoreboard show. Our scoreboard had 57 nothing in favor of Stratford on Saturday. That was incorrect. Uh, it was reported incorrectly to the TSSAA, but Gavick won that game 57 to nothing. So we wanted to address that here and apologize to McGavick and McGavick fans for the incorrect score. Certainly something we don't want to do ever have a wrong score, but unfortunately that's where we got it from. All right, with that in the books, it is time to hear a little bit from our folks at Miracle Auto Group. Are you ready? Are you ready for a miracle? Wait! With current inventory shortages, how do you find a deal? Pre-order and build it your way, then get 5% off MSRP, but only when you pre-order now. Save on a new 2022 Ram 1500 DT. Labor Day sales event at Miracle Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram in Gallatin. Build it your way to get 5% off MSRP. Are you ready for a miracle? All right, with four weeks on the books, let's take a look at how the AP rankings stack out this week. Um, 6A, no change at the top as Oakland's still number one, but Maryville, after their loss to Alcoa, dropped one. It's Collierville in the number two spot, which is kind of a weird situation for fans that are used to seeing Oakland and Maryville one and two, but uh, there they are. Dobbins Bennett at four, Germantown fifth, Ravenwood sixth, dropping one spot after the loss to Oakland. 
Bradley Central. Lebanon falls five spots from third to eighth with their loss to Siegel. Blackman is ninth, and Cane Ridge drops four to tenth after losing to Father Ryan. Siegel, after that win over at Lebanon, they're just outside the poll in the others receiving votes category. Also, Riverdale, Brentwood, and Smyrna making up local teams that are not very far away. 5A, it's page number one, Knoxville West two. Those are the only teams. Well, actually, White County down in eighth gets a first-place vote this week. But Page still number one by a few points. Springfield third. Uh, Nolansville at five. Green Hill is ninth. And the rest of the local teams are far away from this list as the others receiving votes category are all most. I think they're all East Tennessee, actually, well, except for Franklin County. On a four-way, Greenville. In first at this week, Anderson County number two, Haywood County third, Red Bank fourth, Marshall County fifth, Milan sixth, upper member of the first place vote in seventh despite the loss to Fayetteville. Pearl Cone is eighth, making up the first mid-state team or the first area team in the rankings this week. Making County is 10th for the first time this year. Tullahoma dropped out after being 10th last week. 3A, Alcoa. All the first-place votes, they've got uh, East Nashville in second, Covington third, Giles County, Unicorn County, top five. Kingston, Gatlinburg, Pittman, Sweetwater, Waverly, and Dyersburg make out the top ten. Smith County starting to get some votes, and they're edging a little bit closer to that poll this week. Guys, before we hit 2A, what's uh, anything stick out to you in those first batches of rankings? No, not really. Uh, Smith County starting to get votes like we expected. I, I believe they're a top 10 team in 3A. Uh, clear cut, Alcoa is probably going to be there all year with that win over Maryville. Uh, and then in 6A, you know, tough for Ravenwood to be at six at two and two with a loss to NBA in Oakland. Two out, two out of the top, probably three teams in the state of Tennessee. Yeah, that was the thing that jumped out at me was uh, how many teams took a little bit of a tumble down standings in uh, 6A. Um, you know, and, and, you know, growing pains, you know, those those teams have opportunities to move back up. Uh, but like Cam said, you know, Alco with all 13 votes and uh, probably could have got a few more from 6A uh, if they'd have handed them over. <laughs> so, I mean, you, you knock out Maryville, uh, it's something to say uh, for your program. Look at 2A, and uh, this one's kind of a bit all over the place as far as how many teams got votes because eight teams, or seven teams, I can't count, seven teams have votes outside the top ten this week with Hampton number one, Tyner Academy number two, Union City third, Huntington fourth, Harpeth the first area team in this poll with fifth. Freedom Prep is sixth. Riverside seventh. Fairly is eighth. East Robertson tied with Mount Pleasant at ninth this week. And yeah. Westmoreland just outside with a few votes of their own. We'll talk about it in a little bit, but that uh, Harpeth East Robertson game, best team Harpeth's played so far this year. So you'll find out what the Indians are made of. Yep. On to Class 1A. Uh, McKenzie with all but one first place vote. Fayetteville is second, MASE third, Dresden fourth, Peabody fifth, Moore County sixth, Coalfield seventh, South Pitt eighth, Clay County ninth, and McEwen tenth. Gordonsville just outside looking in as the lone area team in 1A getting any votes this week. On the Division two, it's Friendship Christian one, Jackson Christian two, USJ three, Middle Tennessee Christian fourth, Clarksville Academy jumps to number five, Grace Christian fell out, but they still get votes 
as that sixth team in single A. Yeah, I don't know how you give anybody a first place vote for friendship right now in that classification, but <laughs> I mean, well, Lipscomb Academy gets all but one in in double A this week. Boy, Buchanan gets the other one, and they're up to number two as a result. Knoxville Webb is third, Lawson down to fourth, and CPA dropped a couple of spots to fifth. FRA yeah. Pastor outside looking in. Uh, I'm I kind of let me echo Cam from the last reading. I don't see how a team steals a first place vote away from Lipscomb Academy in this one. Yeah, I mean that was my question. It's like who voted against them this week? <laughs> yeah, two big weeks coming up here for FRA. We've been talking about them the last little bit. The four and zero start for the Panthers and Coach uh, Guy Singer there. They get uh, they're at Lipscomb this week, and then they have CPA next week, I believe. Correct? I believe that's yeah. correct. Yep. Yeah. Triple A, not no change in the top five. NBA, Baylor, Macaulay, Brentwood Academy, Pope Prep making out the top five. Ensworth getting votes as well. Uh, NBA gets all but one first place vote. Baylor has the other one this week. Um, quick reaction to those other than what we've already seen. Yeah, big game for yeah. Pope Prep playing Baylor this Friday. Yeah. Yeah. Big game there. And I tell you, NBA has been impressive to me. And uh, not knocking Baylor, maybe they deserve that one first-place vote. But that's another one. I just feel like NBA right now is heads and shoulders after that win over McCauley a couple of weeks ago. I think they stand above the pack. Yeah, I said it on last week's show. I don't see how – you know, I believe last week McCauley got a first-place vote, uh, you know, and we're the, three, we're the number three-ranked team. You know, I could see them getting a first-place vote if they were the number two team. And I still think that McCauley's probably the number two team because uh, that game was 23-20. to 20. So, I mean, though, it's still yeah. McCauley and NBA. Uh, if you want a shot at Division 2, 3A, you got to beat one of those two. Yep. You're probably both, to, to be quite honest. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah. It, it, some of those are a little bit of head-scratchers, but they'll work themselves out at the end of the year. Uh, Scott, you got a chance to speak with Gallatin and Coach Chad Watson about that game coming up on Friday at Hendersonville. Let's uh, go ahead and talk about that one real quick and uh, play the interview. Okay, here with Coach Chad Watson, head coach of the Gallatin Green Wave, ahead of their game at Henderson, I'm sorry, Hendersonville. Mm -hmm. uh, coach, um, so it's a big region game. What does Hendersonville week mean for Gallatin with these two programs? I mean, it, it means a lot already because it's their oldest rival. It's a, it's a huge game for the communities. We're right next to each other. Uh, Hendersonville's had things rolling uh, the last few years. They've won three region titles in a row. Got a lot of respect for Coach Beasley. He does a really, really good job of making the most of what he's got, and he's got a lot. I mean, he's got a lot of good kids. Um, so it's it's a huge game. I mean, our goal this year going into the season was to win a region championship and compete for a region championship, and we can't do that unless we show up and play a good game on Friday night. What is it that Hendersonville does well that concerns you this week? I think they got two dual-threat quarterbacks that are really, really good. Um, Mason Baker, number eight, does a really good job. Number one, who played early, I think he got dinged up against Beach. He's, both of those guys are really explosive with their feet, and they can also throw the football. They're running back number 26. Uh, is really, really good, and they play a physical brand of football, and their offensive line does a really good job. So and that and defensively, uh, I think they do a good job stopping the run. Uh, they've played some really tough competition. Uh, they've already played two defending state titles and three defending state champions in three weeks. So they've been tested, uh, and they're just a good football team. Um, yeah, you talk about explosive offense. Uh, your offense, uh, your running game has been exceptional this year. What has changed, if anything, uh, with your offense that has made you guys – 
you know, so explosive on offense? I think it's just uh, experience of the offensive line. We got four guys back that started games last year, and we got a variety of guys. Luke Cook's explosive with the football. Jaheim Merriweather can go the distance at any time. Then you got uh, Zakai Brinkley, who's a big back who does a lot of good things. So. But overall, I just think it's being year two in the system has helped. You talk about Zakai and Brinkley. I mean, not many programs utilize a fullback the way that you guys do. Yeah. Uh, he has done a tremendous job gaining yards for you guys. Yeah, for sure. I think he's over 500 yards in four games. Uh, just a hard-nosed, hard-working kid who's strong. Uh, 5'9", 250 pounds, it's not fun to tackle, but he, he's a he's a good kid, a good leader for us. Yeah, you're, you're three games into, uh, uh, well, you're going into week five. Yep. Uh, going, uh, you know, are you where you want to be with your program right now? I think we're improving week in and week out. Uh, obviously, we'd, we'd love to be 4-0, and and we're not. We're 2-2. Two and two. I think we've played some really good competition. Uh, and I think that paid off for us last year, but we got to get better and go compete and do the best we can. Well, Coach, I know that you're out here, uh, got your JV team, and yeah. I'm taking you away from work. But I do appreciate your time. Uh, Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, bud. Appreciate it. Well, that's going to be a fun one Friday night between those two communities that have been at it for many, many years. Yeah, huge game for regional standings. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he he was, uh, you know, he definitely was uh, concerned about uh, – about Hendersonville's offense and and what what uh, we haven't seen out of them yet because they have played some high level competition. We really don't know just how good this team is yet. Yeah, Hendersonville's already played Oakland Beach, South Warren out of Kentucky. You know they they've played some good competition in the first four weeks and then they're going to be rearing to go and get after Gallatin, a team they swept tw- beat twice last year. Mm-hmm. And now it's time for who you got. So last week was interesting because nobody really pulled away. No, really. Well, list, I mean, everybody with seven wins or more was a, a nice week for everybody. Yeah. <laughs> Poor Reggie, seven wins, didn't gain any ground. In fact, lost ground. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's real broken up about it. He was uh, that was one of those weeks, but uh no, everybody's just kind of nice and tight together. Nobody really pulling away so far. Quick look at last week's picks. The fans missed independence over Pope Prep. Um Reggie got Father Ryan over Kane Ridge, though, so he's got that going for him, which is nice. <laughs> and we were split on Gallatin and Station Camp. Um second page. And there's a little bit of red, but mostly a lot of correct picks. So Moving on. Overall, the season to date, uh, everybody pretty much kind of staying pace with each other. So, um, Cam had 42 wins out of 51 games, so he won week four. Yeah, needed to make up a little ground. There you go. <laughs> yeah, I need to make up a lot of ground. I gotta. I need y'all to be like the Yankees and completely melt down and blow the division oh. lead here. <laughs> That's the Mets. Oh, and oh, the Mets. Yeah. Both. I mean, there you go. Um, I had Brentwood over Henry County, so I'll, I'll take that one all day. On to week number five's picks. Let's start with Brentwood and Ravenwood, the Battle of the Woods over there in Williamson County. And we're all on the Raptors to bounce back from the open loss over a Brentwood defense that has been very, very good in the first four weeks, though. That's one thing to keep an eye on in this game. Yeah, don't yeah. be surprised if this one's low scoring. 
Oh, absolutely. I mean, you're talking about uh, a team that's held uh, – uh, defense has held teams to nine points per game. They held Henry County to under 100 yards rushing. I mean, this Brentwood defense is no joke. Um, and they certainly can't allow this to become a shootout. Um, you know, Chris Parson is going, um, they've got a, you know, he, he put on a clinic last week uh, and running is going to be at a premium this week. So he may have to use his arm a little bit this week got- to uh, to kind of tenderize him. I was going to say, guys, I'm thinking about will Ravenwood have any hangovers hard and as good as they played last week and really was in the in the ball game there with Oakland. Will they have a little bit of hangover coming into this game this week? I, I was comfortable picking Ravenwood, but that's one thing that kind of crossed my mind in looking at this game. Yeah, for sure. Something to keep an eye on that first one. Uh, FRA at Lipscomb Academy, we've mentioned Ty Clark and his exploits the first four weeks. His toughest test comes this week as they travel to face the Mustangs. It's not a long trip, but – it could be a long night if they're not very careful. And we've all got Lipscomb Academy winning that one. Well, Trent Dilfer came out and uh, uh, he already took the social media to tout the ab- ability of, uh, of Clark. Um, so he, he's, I'm sure that the, uh, I'm sure that the Mustangs have a plan to, to neutralize him as much as possible. That's going to put a lot of pressure on uh, FRA to throw the ball. And if you don't think Caleb Beasley and Brian, Brian Longwell are, are are itching at that chance, who? Well, I mean, you have you have Longwell, you have Beasley, you have Nate Spillman. Way too much talent on that Lipscomb team. Uh, Ty Clark may still have 100 yards in this game, uh, but I like Lipscomb pretty big. Yeah, really liking that Lipscomb defense. They've been fantastic thus far throughout the course of the season. This might be their first big test. Possibly with getting Ty Clark as good an explosive in player as he is, but hard to go against that Lipscomb Academy defense. A top 10 battle in 2A as uh, Harpeth goes to East Robertson. Harpeth unbeaten. East Robertson, we've mentioned, you know, a contender for that region title, and we're about to see if Harpeth is. And we're saying East Robertson, all, all five of us going that direction with this one. Uh, yeah, Jaden Petty's going to have a tough night against that East Robertson defense. If he can break through and get Harpeth some points, who knows? No, I think Petty. I think Petty has a good game, but the problem that Harpeth is going to going to run into is they have to stop more than one person for East Robertson. They have to stop Zeke Prince. They have to stop Sean Groves. They have to stop Eliza Groves, uh, and I don't believe they can do it. I look for East Robertson win to go in away. If, uh, what I'm interested in on the Harpeth side, if if the stat lines are correct, is uh, see how well Harpeth uh, offensive line blocks. If the stat sheets are correct, and we know that uh, from experience, Chris, that not everything we pick up is correct. They have two linemen that have double-digit pancake blocks this year. I'm interested to see uh, what they do, uh, how their line matches up with the East Robertson line. We all know that East Robertson has speed to burn. But if they can control the line of scrimmage, they might be able to keep um, they might be able to keep Zach Prince, uh, Isaiah Groves, all, uh, Sean Groves, all those guys off the field. And I do not expect Harpeth to punt to East Robertson at all. No, <laughs> kick it out of bounds. Yeah, kick it out of bounds. Kick, kick it, it out of him. bounds. Kick it away from him. That's certainly dangerous kicking to them. And uh, by the way, Scott, I want to give you kudos for looking up stats on pancake blocks. That's something we don't hear enough about. 
in football analysis. I'm proud of you for that. You know, I, I'm kind of surprised we all went with East Robertson in this game. I thought Reggie might go out on a limb especially, but uh, uh, I just think East Robertson guys is a little more battle-tested coming into this game, and I do like the the talent, the skills that they have. I, I tell you the truth, I kind of feel like East Robertson might win this game a little more comfortably than than maybe a lot of folks are expecting. I agree. Uh, you know, East Robertson played a now a, a, a number 10 ranked 4A team in Macon County to a 10-point game. Had the lead 33-28 in that game before losing 43-33. Uh, the Indians are, are a juggernaut on the offensive side of the ball. Yeah, to me, this is a prove-it game for Harpeth. I mean, you're, you're sure you're top five in the state in 2A right now, but, you know, I'm not necessarily sure that they've played the caliber of schedule that East Robertson has, like Cam just mentioned. So this is a chance for the Harpeth Indians to prove themselves and, and show that they're legit. If they can win this game, then guess what? We'll be talking about a lot more on the rest of the season. Hillsboro and Green Hill up next. This is a key region game for both these teams. Hillsboro needs it badly because they've already started slow in the region play. Green Hill trying to defend its region title. We're all on the Hawks this week. Uh, you know, that single loss doesn't look that bad, does it? Um, <laughs> Not anymore. <laughs> Not anymore. <laughs> yeah, that, uh, you know, but this, you know, you look at Hillsboro and you look at a team that, you got to look at who they lost to. Aside from the no contest uh, uh, Smyrna match, the teams they played are combined seven and one. Pope Prep, Station Camp. East Nashville, and they held East Nashville to 14 points. This was a tough, tough game for me to call. I almost went Burroughs here. I think it's going to come down to uh, that one mistake, that one turnover in this game, and that's going to be the difference. I'm going with Green Hill um, just because of the unknown factor of uh, of Hillsboro. But they did that. Uh, they, they won last week. And if I'm not mistaken, they were missing 11 players, including their starting quarterback and both their running backs. Yeah, this one should be a good game. I just like uh, – I really think Green Hill has started picking up momentum after that uh, week one loss against Siegel. Uh, like what Coach Crouch is doing over there uh, in Mount Juliet uh, with the Hawks. Uh, and they, they got quite a bit of talent there, too, with Braden State and starting to pick up some big-time D1 offers. I believe he just picked up an offer from Kansas uh, a couple of weeks ago. So, uh, I like the Green Hill Hawks to uh, escape in a close one. This one will be a good ball game. Scott, I'm with you on Hillsboro there. As I thought, looking at their schedule, they played a very tough schedule. You can't look at that offer record and, and judge them based on that because they played some good competition. But, like you said, that Seagull loss for Green Hill – that looks a whole lot better than it did after week one. We were kind of scratching our heads because we've all been kind of on board with this Green Hill team. But uh, I think they've rotted the ship. Uh, they, they look like they're getting better as the season goes along. I could still see this being a one-score ball game and being very close. Yeah, Cam, like you mentioned, uh, close games and stuff like that. Green Hill has had the pedigree of winning these close games. So if it is in, in, indeed a close game like we think it might be, that might just favor the Hawks in this one. And I'm going to side with them for that reason. Yeah, sometimes, though, you know, we talked about they had a bunch of close games last year. Sometimes people say that that's luck when you win close games. Sometimes, though, it's the program, and that's a credit to Coach Crouch with what he's got going over there. They know how to win close games. Another key region game, Franklin's defense has been you know pretty good the first four weeks for the most part. Uh, they get independence coming in this week. Indy reeling a little bit after the loss to Pope Prep. Um this is a critical game for Indy to get to right the ship offensively. For Franklin, if they have playoff hopes, they've got to win this game. And 
we're all taking the Eagles in this one to get that bounce back win. Yeah, my question is going to be who's going to be under center for Independence. Um, you know, they they had they swapped some quarterbacks out, had uh, quarterback injured, quarterback miscommunication uh, with uh, Ty Lockwood coming back in his first game that led to a couple of picks. Um, Brooks Sapone came in and jump started the offense. I'm interested to see if he stays there if they move back to one of their previous quarterbacks. That being said, you know. I expect a lot of Trey Hartwell in this game. Franklin's given up a lot of ground. Uh, I'm sorry, they gave up 265 on the ground to Odie last week, a total of 360. And, you know, quite frankly, I just think this is going to be a very, very ticked-off Eagle team that uh, is going to show up. It's one that needs to play mistake-free football just about now, given the way that that game transpired last Thursday against Pope Prep. They just can't have the mistakes again. Yeah, yeah. You mentioned a, a ticked-off team, and that's what what I'm hoping uh, happens on Friday night because you know Independence is, you know, on the preview shows at the start of the season, they were one of the teams that we were mentioning as a sleeper uh, in six A for giving Ravenwood a run for their money, uh, and they've been pretty disappointing, especially on the offensive side of the ball. Um, you know, I know they battled some injuries, uh, but this is a game where they can get things righted and really start picking up some regional wins. Uh, and find their way in the playoffs. Yeah, I think Indy needs to come out with their pants on fire. And, uh, Chris, you mentioned is Franklin. They really need to win this football game sitting at 0-4, but their defense has played well this year, and they've been really competitive in their losses uh, with Riverdale, Page, Ravenwood, and Stewart's Creek all being fairly competitive ball games at one time or another. So Franklin's no slouch, but uh, Independence, they better come out and play with some fire or they may be in trouble. On to page two, it's NBA and Father Ryan. Uh, Father Ryan has given teams some problems in the last couple of weeks. They knocked off Kane Ridge last week, um, gave Pope Prep quite a game a couple of weeks earlier. NBA with that win at McCauley, and you know, they're doing what they've been doing. CPA was the latest victim of their Rampage tour. Um, it, it, we're all going NBA here. I, I think it's uh, kind of chalk to, to do that, but until somebody actually beats NBA, it's kind of hard to pick against them. Yeah, I, I think that we've talked a lot about uh, a lot about the difference, uh, uh, you know, all the difference makers on there. But I want to, uh, you know, the real uh, heart of this team, this NBA team, I believe, Gabe Fisher, Max Fisher, Jackson Green, Chase Frank, uh, Cole Sevaking, Luke Beamer. The offensive line for this team is what's been making it go. And I think that, uh, you know, that's just going to be a little too much, I think, this week for Father Ryan. Yeah, this this NBA team is uh, they're fun to watch. They're just a well-oiled machine. I mean, they they can run, they can pass. They're really good in the defensive line, uh, good in the secondary. There's not a lot of holes on this NBA team if there's one at all. Um, you know, I'll, Father Ryan may keep this one close for a little while, uh, but I, I like NBA in this one pretty comfortably. Yeah, I think NBA has just been kind of in uh, power mode. I mean, they have looked great this year, and I, I think they've taken their game to another level. I, I just – I don't see anybody maybe getting to them in this regular season. McCauley was the one that we looked at. We knew that would be a big test. But those two could be on a collision course again in the uh, state championship game. But I, I tell you what, I like NBA in this game, and I really like NBA pretty comfortably in this game. Yeah. Hope Prep lurks out there for NBA in a couple of weeks, but the NBA is – and Brentwood Academy as well, but they can't be thinking about that because Father Ryan is – has stung a couple of teams so far in the first four weeks. Nashville Christian and Clarksville Academy is an interesting game for a couple of reasons. Uh, Clarksville Academy, you know, they've got a chance to bust out and really prove themselves in, in single A and Division II. 
um, Nashville Christian trying to kind of get some footing and keep moving forward because they've had a bit of a slow start this year. And Scott, you're going with Clarksville Academy, so I'll hand it over to you. Yeah, uh, you know, the Cougars got well against uh, Republic last week uh, after they gave up 52 to Mill Cincinnati Christian. I just think that this is a potent, potent offense. Uh, quarterback DJ Merriweather is the offense. You know, he threw for 289, three TDs, ran for 100 and 119 against a tough Middle Tennessee Christian school. Um, so far, 787 yards passing on the year, 263 yards. He's got weapons around him. Uh, he's got a good running back in Jack Darnell. I just think that they've just got a little too much, uh, uh, a little too much talent on that team. Uh, they get by Nashville Christian. Yeah, you talk about getting righted. Uh, you know, Nashville Christian had a tough couple first weeks of the season. I believe that Eagle team got righted uh, in the past couple weeks, coming off two big wins for them. Uh, I really like this uh, Nashville Christian team to uh, outscore Clarksville Academy. I love that Clarksville Academy offense. They scored in that game against Middle Tennessee Christian. They just could not uh, get enough stops on the defense side of the ball. That's why I went with the Eagles. Yeah, I'm going with Nashville Christian here. I just think yeah, – I like Clarksville Academy. I like what they've done. But when you look at the level of competition each team has played, I think Nashville Christian is a little more battle-tested. But if Clarksville Academy comes out and they win this game, that's a statement win for them. That's big, and I think that will bode well for them moving forward. Clarksville Academy, to me, is like Harpeth what mentioned earlier. It's a prove-it game. I mean, yeah, their offense is potent, but they've got to prove it against a little bit tougher competition for me to uh, – Give them a shot here. I think Nashville Christian wins this, but it could be a lot closer than people expected. Oakland at Seagull, a game that might not have been on this list at the beginning of the season. It is now because of what Seagull did in week number four. Um, I wouldn't tell you that Kevin Creasy had his eyes open very, very wide when he heard Seagull won that game <laughs> because I, he was stunned like everybody else. I, I think that, you know, he was relieved that if that Seagull got the win over Lebanon, just so his team would, uh, you know, would sit up and, and pay attention. Uh, it's one of those better them than us situations. Yeah, they draw Oakland's full attention this week, and <laughs> we are all on the Patriots to win this game probably for that reason, honestly. Well, I, and again, yeah, you said it, that Oakland is not going to take Siegel for granted. If, if Lebanon had won that game, maybe they did overlook this game just a little bit. But when you go to Lebanon, you win that game in overtime like Siegel did. Oakland is going to be full-on prepared for this game. I, I look for him to come out, ride Cade Hewitt, and uh, just, just have a big night. But I tell you, if Siegel can even be competitive in this ballgame, to me, they're already for real. They've established themselves. But if they hang in there with Oakland, you better watch out for Siegel come playoff time. Well, Lebanon coach Chuck Gentry told me that this quarterback that at Siegel uh, is really, real good. This Thomas Santel, uh, very, very good with the ball, uh, very, very good in space, and that he gave them fits offensively. And so, you know, we've seen Oak, what Oakland can do with a, you know, or, you know, against a, uh, a quarterback that's mobile, um, that they, they gave up some, uh, some yardage to, uh, Chris Parson. Now, I'm not saying he's on the same level, but if the game is the same, there could be some situations where Siegel gets uh, Oakland in some situations they don't want to be in. Yep. Yeah, being around Coach Creasy uh, when he was at Trousdale County, uh, two things that I learned about, about Coach Creasy and his coaching style. Uh, number one is that he is the most prepared coach in the state. I guarantee you that. Uh, number two is if they, he when they win – 
last week at Ravenwood. Yes, they won by two touchdowns. It's a big win for them. He is not happy. I promise you, he's not happy. He's satisfied with the win, but he is not happy. He knows how to correct those mistakes. His team will come out firing on all cylinders and be ready for the Stars come Friday night. I am curious to see how Siegel plays in this one. If if the moment's not too big for them and they fare fairly well this week, something to keep an eye on moving forward. Riverdale and Rockville, let's stay in that region. Um, another critical game for Rockville and Riverdale, really, because this, now we're looking to possibly the number three seed in play for the winner of this game. Um, Scott, Tom, you both have Rockville. I want you to take it away. Tom? Well, I'll tell you, this was a tough game for me, guys, because Rockvale's the one team that beat Siegel this year. Riverdale's kind of let me down just a little bit. I, I don't think they played up to the level I thought they would this year. This Rockvale team uh, got a great performance by Brennan Mayhew last week, 200 yards, two touchdowns in the game against Lincoln County. Their only loss is to Smyrna, and I don't think that's a, a loss to be ashamed of whatsoever. That's a good Smyrna team, and uh, – just at the end of the day, I, I don't know. I just feel like Rockvale, they've got something to prove. Riverdale, they need to come out and, and play better football. I think they're a better football team than we've seen so far. But I just I like Rockvale to win this game. I think this game is a shootout. And, Tom, you touched on it. Brennan Mayhew can absolutely sling the ball. And I think that in this in this particular game, uh, you know, R Riverdale is doing something that they haven't done really uh, as much in the in – the, uh, last few years, and that's give up chunks of yardage through the path, through the air. Um, I think that if Rockville can get out in front throwing the ball, then they can set up the run. Uh, I mean, throwing the ball, then they can set up the run. I think Rockville has a really good chance of knocking off Riverdale in this game. So I, I'm I'm going with them. Yeah, I just I love Caleb Perry. I love I like his skill set. Uh, I love that he's going to the University of Tennessee. Uh, I just like that Riverdale defense to get enough stops to win a game uh, probably somewhere in the the upper 20s. I mean, I guess you would call that a shootout. Uh, this game will be close, but I just think Riverdale gets more stops than Rockville. Yeah, this Riverdale defense isn't quite the defense of the last couple of years. It is giving up a little bit more on through the run and the pass this year, but it's still pretty good, and I think that that'll be enough to get the win over Rockville. But I could, I could see this being – uh, one possession game at some point at the very end too. Um, our spotlight game, Gallatin to Hendersonville. Uh, we've talked about that earlier in the last segment as we talked to Coach Watson about that one. And Tommy, you're going with the Commandos in this one. Have at it. Another tough game for me, guys. Is that this is a big rivalry game, of course. Gallatin. We've talked about how good the defense is, and, and they're gritty. They're, you know, they play, play ugly sometimes, but they get the job done. But Hendersonville. I, I know they're one and two, but I like the strength of schedule that they've had so far. They're coming off a of bye week, I do believe, and uh, coming into this football game. So a little bit fresher, maybe coming into the game, focus for sure and playing at home. I, I like Hendersonville, but I think it's going to be a tough game. I think it's going to be a gritty game, a low-scoring game, but I think it, Hendersonville is going to win it in the end. I can, I can see that happening, just that we don't know a lot about Hendersonville. We do know that Gallatin can run the ball. And I think that uh, right now that's, you know, that's what I'm hanging my hat on is Jaheim Merriweather, uh, Zakai and Brinkley uh, controlling the game on the ground. And uh, I, I think knowing that that's what the game plan is, I, I'm, I'm thinking Galton wins, but I think it is a close, close game. Yeah, I agree. Uh, 
you know, watching Jaheim Merriweather last week, you know, getting to watch see him in person for the, the second time. Um, he's, he's one of those players, man. You know, you have him bottled up, and next thing you know, he's picked up 15 yards. Uh, and, you know, watching Hendersonville a couple of weeks ago against Beach, uh, Hendersonville struggled tackling uh, in the secondary a little bit. And I believe that could be an issue with uh, Jaheim and as well with Sakai and Brinkley. Uh, I look for – the big key for Galton in this game that they that they struggled with in the station camp game, they have to be able to run between the tackles because everything that they do determine you know runs off of that. Uh, last week they struggled against station camp with establishing the run between the tackles. Uh, had to break and, and do a lot of stuff out wide, uh, and that hurt them on the offense side of the ball. Uh, but this game, you know, like several other games on these on these games. Uh, it's going to be close. It's going to be probably a one one or two possession game. Um, I just like the green wave. I agree with that assessment, Cam. Um, a lot of pride in this game on both sides. It, it could be a low-scoring affair here, too. Harrisville's offense has struggled the first four weeks for the most part, and that's the group I'm kind of looking at to, to at step up in this one and make something happen for the commandos. Hey, Reggie, who you got this week? Let's... Let's see. Hmm. I don't think we have any sound for this one, but that's all right. Oh, oh, yep. He's going green wave. <laughs> he is gone with a green wave as well. It's a good thing we didn't have any sound because those little bugs are annoying. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Reggie is taking the green wave as well, so that leaves Tom with Hendersonville outright. All right, let's go back and review these picks real quick. Uh, we're all on Ravenwood. We're all on Lipscomb Academy. We're all on East Robertson, Green Hill, Independence. We've all we've all taken those five teams to win. NBA the same way. Scott's on Clarksville Academy over Nashville Christian. The rest of us have the Eagles. We're all on Oakland over Siegel. Rockfield, Scott, and Tom are on the Rockets. Myself, Cam, and Reggie are on the Warriors. And Tom has taken Hendersville over Gallatin. The rest of us have the green wave so that is it for who you got and that is about all the damage we can do for one week guys let's get one more word in before we get out uh, tom, tom, tom let's go for it <laughs> well first of all guys i gotta send a shout out out uh, uh kurt warren a new friend i've made over at Upper, upperman high school just outside the 615 listens to our show each week and uh Promise, Kurt, I was sending him a shout-out. He enjoys uh, listening and watching our show each and every week to get our uh, insight. So, appreciate him watching. Guys, week five of the high school football season. Can you believe we've already got to the midway point? There's going to be some huge region games coming up. I think there are a lot of very interesting matchups coming up this week. When you start looking at uh, the, the games that we've got, and I know we had a lot of parity in our picks this week, but, guys, I think there's going to be a lot of really close football games this week. And we're starting to learn about the cream rising to the top, as they say, the teams that are the haves and the have-nots, I guess you could say. But I think there's some teams that uh, still maybe their records don't look that great, but they're still good football teams, and they've got plenty of time to you know make that record look better in the second half. But it's not all about the record, of course. It's all about playing good football at the most opportune time, which is at the playoffs. So they got five, six more weeks to get ready for that postseason run. All right, uh, Cam, you're up next. Yeah, I'll go back to my old stopping grounds, Region 4, 2A. Uh, you know, that was a region at the start of the year that we said was wide open. Uh, we've already had one week of 
uh, region play that saw East Robertson defeat Trousdale County, saw uh, Westmoreland beat Watertown. Uh, this week, East Robertson host Harpeth uh, in an undefeated uh, matchup of undefeated region teams. Um, and then you also have a, a game that's flying under the radar a little bit. Uh, Westmoreland goes to Trousdale County. I know Trousdale County's 0-4 for the first time since before the 50s. Uh, but Westmoreland's inability to score regularly on offense. Don't be surprised if that one's close in the fourth quarter and you never know when that Creek Bank magic is going to strike. Yep. Up. Uh, look who we got. Scott. <laughs> Scott and Reggie. Well, it's the star of the show, right? <laughs> okay. There you go, buddy. Hey, uh, uh, by the way, welcome, Kurt. <sighs> Thank you for listening. Um, I want to shout out to a, a few people. Um that we couldn't do this without. It's Miracle uh, Miracle Auto Group, Innovate Medical, Fifth Gear Technology Concepts, Adventure Tees, and Gas Tight. Uh, all these guys are our sponsors, and they're uh, you know we would appreciate uh, if you're in that particular market for whatever it is that uh, utilize these uh, vendors as you know as they support high school athletics, uh, high school football in the area. Uh, that being said. We have room for more sponsors. We, there's plenty of room uh, on this uh, on this bus. Uh, we're looking for guys, uh, people to come on board with us. Um, there are still things out there like uh, player of the year, uh, player of the year uh, awards, and things like that that uh, could use sponsors. So, uh, you know, come on board, join us, join the great group of sponsors that we have. We are growing. I promise that you know. It may be modest, but hey, we got a few more subscribers on our way to a thousand. Um, you know, guys, you know we're growing, and we appreciate it's all because of you. And we appreciate you, and we appreciate the people that support us. Like I said, our fine sponsors. Well said, Scott. Um, I'll close this one out. Uh, I get stopped every week, just about everywhere I go, and people saying that they watch the show, they love the show, either this one or the school board show. And first off, thank you for that. That we that means a lot to all of us who do a lot of work to put this together for you and to keep it free for you. And that subscriber number is important for that very reason. It helps us keep everything we do free for you. And that's something we don't take lightly. So thank you all for all the kind words that you've mentioned as we've uh, crossed paths so far this season. And I'm looking forward to many more. And um, that's all I got. Uh, guys, we're ready for week number five. Um, hopefully the weather looks like it's going to be great this week. So uh if you can't get out to the game and enjoy it, uh, a very light Thursday night schedule. We didn't mention much about that. Yeah. But uh, Friday night looks to be very, very good. So, uh, yeah. Uh, well, you have the spotlight game, Chris. The uh, I will be in Hendersonville. I will be at Hendersonville, Scott. You will be at uh, East Robertson. Yes. All right. Uh, that's all we got, folks. Uh, for Tom Duggan, for Cam Reed, for Scott Burton, I'm Chris Brooks. Thank you for tuning in to the Mid-State 48, powered by Miracle Auto Group. We will see you Saturday morning on the Scoreboard Show. Enjoy the week. Enjoy week five, and we will talk to you next time. Have a good one. The Mid-State 48, powered by 615 Preps, is a production of B-Squared Media, LLC.